You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh my God, he really is. I can't listen to it much more with Robert Sala. From a global standpoint, really, we're, we're, we're not talking about insurance here. We're not talking about IT. We're talking about a god-awful quarterback on your football team who keeps getting propped up because you got nobody else. Nobody else. But what Car- would you rather have him say? I, I, I get it. They have to do this. <laughs> See, right there. Right I, I there just want the, him to say. Yeah, he's got to say that. Yeah. I, no, I get it. I also want him to say, guys, I get it. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's not very good. He's thrown it to the other team a lot. I, I get it. But what do you expect? That's what I want him to say. What do you expect me to say? <laughs> just we're come in out bad, with We're that. in a bad way here, everybody. Let's make this quick. Yeah. Carl. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. No, what I want him to say is this. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Tomlin, uh, giving us gold. Him. We'll use that for years. We will. You know what, though? The AFC North is not nearly as good. I, I'm a sucker again for the second consecutive year. I'm the dope that last year in the middle of training camp is sitting there screaming and yelling about how the AFC West may be the single greatest division we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And it was awful last year. And I thought the same thing about the AFC North this year. And this is going to be painful football to watch. The Bengals are 0-2. I think their season is cooked because there's no need for them to be playing Joe Burrow. And if they're going to run him out there when he is not healthy, they are just asking for trouble. And I don't think they can frankly do it again after they did it last year. The numbers would certainly dictate that it's not going to happen again when it's only happened 39 times in the last 50-plus years. Certainly, the Cleveland Browns last night did nothing to make me think that they're going to be great, but that's primarily because their quarterback isn't great. They've got a terrific defense. They've got an excellent offensive line. They lost Nick Chubb. That hurts a lot, but they could get Kareem Hunt, and that may be enough. Uh, Joe, Deshaun Watson looks terrible. The Steelers look underwhelming in every single way and the Ravens are 2-0 and but they're incredibly banged up I think this is going to be a division that is cannibalistic at best and at the end of the at the end of all of it we're going to have a division winner who has won eight or nine games all right I'm willing to indulge a lot of these tirades you go on these rants and they're good they're good they're enjoyable Ish. they're entertaining Ish. Uh, I love them I love them Every now and again, I feel compelled to step in because in this case, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you might be wrong now. 
this could change and you could have a much more definitive case. But let's assess just the AFC, for example. In the AFC East, four teams, a combined four losses. In the AFC North, the, the division you're talking about, a combined four teams, a combined four losses. In the AFC South, it's five losses. In the AFC West, it's six losses. So they're tied as a division for the fewest amount of losses in the conference. What we have to assess is that the four losses sustained by AFC North teams Three of the four came against AFC North teams. Somebody had to lose those games. The other one was San Francisco, who happens to be one of the best teams in the NFL. So we can look at Baltimore being 2-0 and and then Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's 1-1. and Cleveland's 1-1. and Cincinnati's 0-2. Cincinnati's 0-2. They played two divisional opponents. Somebody had to win those games. Cleveland just lost to Pittsburgh. Somebody had to lose that game. Pittsburgh lost to the Niners. There's no shame in that, although they didn't look good in the process. And the Ravens are 2-0. and So I think it's still early to stick a fork in the division. Now, when you look at Cincinnati, yes, there's a problem there because Joe Burrow could be a long-term injury concern for this season. That would wipe them off the face of the earth. Pittsburgh doesn't look all that great because they're razor close to being 0-2. Baltimore, we don't need to discuss. Cleveland, very disappointing. They could be 2-0. I, I, I still think the division is formidable. It's not as formidable as we originally thought, but I don't think we've been totally duped because at least in the case of Cincinnati, who was supposed to be one of the best, they were the division favorite. They've fallen on some bad injury luck. That's going to happen. We have to take that into account. Okay. If you're going to say we don't really factor in the Ravens here at 2-0, and okay, I get it. Well, they're 2-0. And- you can't make the case that the division stinks and then be like, ah, eh, Baltimore 2-0. and Yeah, that's part of it. Like they, but Baltimore looks good. They're 2-0, and and they have looked good so far, and a big reason why is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson looks like he is throwing the football much, much better. He had some excellent throws the other day, and... Look, here's Herm Edwards on this topic and, and the fact that even Herm thinks that he that Lamar has figured it out. He's starting to figure it out. And if he plays the way he played the last game during the rest of the season, <laughs> look out for the Ravens because yeah. all they're going to do is get better with him playing quarterback. We know they can play defense. And we knew that the type of explosive quarterback he's been, his ability to run sometimes and make plays uh, running. But I watched him in the pocket at times of this last game. He stood in there and threw the ball down the field. And he has some—he has some outstanding players now uh, that play with him. So uh, this offense is going to get better. Yeah, and my whole problem with the Ravens here, when I loop them in with this group, is that their injuries are mounting up again. Yep. You know, Ronnie Stanley's banged up. Marlon Humphrey's banged up. Marcus Williams is banged up. Uh, Linderbaum, uh, Odell Beckham, stunner that he would get injured the other day. J.K. Dobbins is done for the—you uh, know—is on IR. Uh, and his tore his Achilles, so that's where I'm coming from on this. Is while they may be two and zero, at some point I would expect these injuries to catch up with them. You would expect it's happened to them before. They tend to be the team with the worst injury luck in the entire NFL because we have watched season after season get wiped off the face of the earth because they have been unable to stay healthy. Thankfully, they're deep. Thankfully, they're well balanced. Odell Beckham's hurt. They drafted Zay Flowers, who looks pretty good. Offensively, before the season started, that O-line was one of the top five in the NFL. Those injuries are going to hurt. They've got some other running backs. They can make some moves there. And Lamar Jackson completing 74% of his passes through two games, which is number two in the NFL behind Josh Allen, that's impressive. Uh, the Marlon Humphrey injury, that's not a season ender. He should be back soon because that happened in uh, in August. So 
There's, I wouldn't say there's reason to panic in Baltimore. You're 2-0, and everybody else in that division has bigger problems than you do. All you have to do is find your way to a divisional win in terms of winning that division. I'm not saying one specific win. I'm saying win the division this year, and you host at least one playoff game, and then you can try to make your run. That's where the focus has to be in Baltimore because Cincinnati's down, down bad, down early. There's opportunity. Pittsburgh, there are problems. And in Cleveland, you just lost Nick Chubb, and Deshaun Watson doesn't look any better than he did last season. The door is wide open for Baltimore to walk through and at the very least claim the division and host a playoff game in the opening round. And then at that point, it's on. It's on like the former Soviet Republic of Azerbaijan. That was a long way you went right there. I told you, you always have to be on your toes with me. I, I am. I've learned a lesson, but it just you went out. Azerbaijan. Well, anyway, <laughs> it rhymed. Aside, no, I, you know, and it was not just a long way to use Azerbaijan, but the former Soviet Republic of Azerbaijan. Nah, I don't yeah. need to break it down. Everybody gets it. Uh, <laughs> here's my point. Do you have any faith whatsoever that that division right now is going to have anyone else in the playoffs besides the Ravens or whoever wins the division? Great question. So you're that, asking that's if where they get I'm a wild card the division team. right now. Yeah. That's You're where I'm coming you think from. Divi- okay, so here's how I assess it. The AFC South is sending Jacksonville and nobody else. Nobody else is getting in there. So that means we are still currently, after dismissing one division, we still have three wild card spots available. AFC West, you're going to have a divisional winner. I don't think the Broncos or Raiders are going to be there. I don't believe in the Chargers. So that now means there's three wild card spots open between the AFC East and the AFC North. And the Patriots are not going to get in. So based on everything I just laid out, yes, I would be willing to bet right now that two teams from the AFC North get into the postseason. See, I think the Chargers will fire Staley and save their season at some point here. By firing the coach, they suddenly turn it all around? They might. <laughs> they might. Listen, can you they think of a like better a move that the Chargers streak. could make right now to try to do that? Yeah, they're 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 you got Cleveland looking at a running back, you got the Jets looking at a quarterback, you got the Chargers who if they get rid of the coach addition by subtraction, they probably turn the corner and win like ten in a row. <laughs> it can't get worse though, you're right. It can't get worse. I mean, my goodness, the very idea that in overtime it's third and one. If you can stop Tennessee, they're probably out of field goal range. Derrick Henry's not on the field. You call timeout and allow the Titans to get Derrick Henry on the field only so Derrick Henry can then convert the third and one. The Titans can move the ball a little bit further and then kick the game winning field goal. If, if, if that's the type of coaching that you're going to deploy, and we've seen this regularly from Brandon Staley, how are you not immediately called into the GM or owner's office on Monday to address that? No, I'm sorry. You don't get on the plane. They leave you on the tarmac. Oh, you get left in Tennessee? Nashville's yeah. a good place to be, though, from what I understand. I've never been there. I heard it's awesome. Yeah, well, listen. Obviously, uh, every bachelorette party on the planet is there right now. It always is. That's all it is. You and I, How about you and I get in line to get our picture in front of those two giant wings? You see those things? Like, every, every bachelorette like, party. Like chicken wings? No. They're like massive wings and you stand right in the middle of it like look at me i can fly oh like angel wings yes Yes. oh it's an instagram thing yes and the line is apparently massive come on joe keep up i would i'd i'd rather have some chicken wings right now (laughs) carlin versus joe let's get lunch let's get let's get lunch 
I, 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 my body is still still adapting to this late lunch situation. At How's it been going? Eastern time. I mean, it's it's fine. In theory, it was supposed to be. You know what? This will be good. I'll have two meals a day. Yeah, or maybe something light at dinner. Hadn't panned out that way so far. Have you have you even done that one time? Uh no. Carlin versus Joe, <laughs> ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part in the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. From now on, please think of me as fat, sassy, and spoiled. That's what I want <laughs> to be. It's going to be hard not to. Exactly. Impossible not to. I just found the epitaph for my life. <laughs> they really, if they had come together and sung this last night, as opposed to fire Canada in reference to Matt Canada, the Steelers offensive coordinator, that would have been amazing. They're going to. It's going to happen. This is going to take shape. If if the offense continues to struggle, someone in Pittsburgh, local sports talk radio is going to get this going, and eventually the fans are going to to come through. Just wait. I am I am fully confident that if the Steeler offense continues to struggle, this will be chanted at games. And they've got a few weeks to do it because the Steelers are on the road here for the next couple of games, if I'm not mistaken, at least next week. So you've got an opportunity here to kind of organize this. This is like if we're doing local sports talk radio in Pittsburgh, this is the kind of stunt that we should do. Yeah, we'd Get be pushing this every day it. for three hours. Absolutely. Carla, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. <laughs> The, the incredulous look you have sometimes on your face in reference to me is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. It's, how did versus, I get here? Yeah, exactly. Um, Tom Brady just briefly last night uh, asked on the Let's Go podcast that still appears on uh, SiriusXM, uh, if the Jets called, would you consider joining them? Answer, no. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, do you think uh, like, if he was hooked up to a lie detector test, 
since Rodgers went down, has he considered the idea of joining the Jets? What do you think the lie detector test would tell us? I think it would tell us that last night he was telling us the truth. Right, but you don't think it at least just briefly crossed his mind like, hey, wow, that's a great defense. I wonder if, and then quickly just like, no, 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 I'm retired. I'm good. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not saying he thoroughly indulged it and brought his team together and discussed it. I'm just wondering if it crossed his mind, if he just indulged the thought for maybe a few seconds. Uh, No, I think it's one of No, he's that steadfast? Well, don't we all have little things that we have an immediate reaction to? Yes. Like an immediate snap reaction of immediately no. Immediately no. I think for Tom Brady, that's what the Jets are. Okay. Immediately no. I don't think that's happening. Uh, Well, meaning that he's not even considering it for a half a second. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. We were speaking earlier of teams that are 0-2 and what happens if they fall to 0-3. And we haven't gotten to all of them yet. So let's get to the next one. And that is the Broncos uh, visiting the Dolphins this week. There goes the sneeze again. Um, Is that what that was? That was a sneeze, but I, I hit the mic switch and I gave the full sneeze. And now my wall needs to be repaired. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a gigantic hole. (laughs) Exactly. Um, The Broncos are are going to go to 0-3. And I'm telling you, people are starting to catch on. The Sean Payton-Russell Wilson relationship is going to be over this season. It's going to be over. We heard the comments yesterday from Sean Payton. You have to get on to the wristband. We'll wristband it if we have to. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, listen, he's not shy about that, and I don't blame him. Like, that's what you need to do if you walk into that situation and people are trying to ask you to try to make it work. You know, if we need to wristband it, we will. Yeah. In other words, he doesn't get it. He's not getting guys into positions to be successful, meaning Wilson. He's not getting them out of the huddle quick enough. By the way, did you catch what Russell said about that? I thought we were getting out of the huddle just fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to see they're on the same page after eight quarters of football. Week 11, and I might be selling short on that one. So they've got Miami this week on the road. It's going to be Miami's home debut. So if you're Denver, you're going into that heat. It, you're going into that humidity. It's going to be very difficult. You're a six-and-a-half-point underdog. By all accounts, you should lose that game. So you're yeah. going to fall to 0-3. I think that's what most of us would project. I'm not sure what would lead me to believe. I mean, you had a good first half against Washington. It looked like Russ was turning the corner. The the, the question for the Broncos, if they move to 0-3, when they move to 0-3, is going to be this. Is this going to be a bad season, or is this going to be a dysfunctional season? Because it can go one of two ways. You can be bad, but have productive performances, win some games, show some growth, develop some players, give people reason to believe that, all right, first year under Sean Payton, kind of messy, but it can get better. Or you can turn this into a full-on dysfunctional affair in which people are talking about you every week, despite the fact that you're two and nine, because you just can't stay out of the news. Quarterback taking veiled shots at the coach, coach taking veiled shots at the quarterback, um, team not playing well, mistakes happening all over the place. Like they commit too many penalties. They commit too many turnovers. They give up too many sacks. They are not a disciplined football team right now. So I think that's the question in Denver. Are you going to be bad or are you going to be dysfunctional? Because very few of us believe you're actually going to be good. I don't believe Sean Payton for a second is afraid of being dysfunctional if it's for the long-term good. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, are we in lockstep that 
Sean Payton has more security than Russell Wilson does? Without question, because the new ownership group hired Sean Payton. The new ownership group came in right after the old ownership group made the trade for Russell Wilson. He is not their guy. Sean Payton is their guy. They will defer to Payton before they defer to Wilson. Wilson is a bad situation they inherited. That, I believe, is how they would view that. Bears go to Kansas City this week. Chicago goes to 0-3. This conversation is going to take less than 10 seconds. Well, maybe, because it's all going to be about the quarterback here for the rest of the year. That's what it's going to be about if they go to 0-3 and whether or not he's the guy and if he shows any true growth this year. Uh, I think one thing would be exceptionally difficult for Fields if he plays much, much, much better. I still don't know that they're going to pay him after this year. It's year, it would be year three, and they could he'd be eligible for an extension, but he needs to be able to to prove that they made the right decision in trading away the number one pick. Yeah, he's he's in a Danny Dimes situation. There's not a whole lot that's going to happen where he's going to force the hand of the organization. And they're a relatively cheaper organization to begin with. They don't fire coaches midway through the season. They don't want to be on the hook for paying guys that aren't working. They're going to generally let you finish out your deal so that they're not paying two coaches at the same time. Same thing the Chargers do. It's why Brandon Staley's back this year. They just didn't want to have to pay Staley's final year of his deal because it's a fully guaranteed deal and the new coach. So in Chicago, I think what's going to happen and we talked about this a little bit yesterday I think Fields is going to quickly become the fall guy for this organization again just like in Denver the GM and the head coach they did not draft Justin Fields that was the previous regime and what's going to start happening is you're going to hear reports and stories are going to be leaked about Fields maybe it's his work ethic maybe it's he's he's not picking up the the offense whatever it's going to be it's going to be some subtle smear campaign to set the organization up so that the GM and the coach can go in and say look Fields isn't our guy we tried to do everything we could to build him up we got him DJ Moore we got him Chase Claypool we drafted offensive lineman in the first round he just can't make the plays we need somebody else they move on from fields they draft another quarterback hopefully buying two or three more years of time for the current gm and head coach that's my prediction for how this plays out fields is going under the bus we talked about the chargers part of this earlier but the other zero and two team that they're playing is the minnesota vikings and there is nobody that is a bigger fan of the opponent for the next few weeks of the vikings than joe douglas and the jets in wanting to potentially trade for Kirk Cousins because he could actually save the situation for them. Uh, Having said that, if the Vikings go to 0-3, how much longer do you think it would be before they genuinely would start considering it? The problem for the Jets in this scenario is that the Lions just lost to move to 1-1, the Bears stink, and the Packers are 1-1. One one. So the, nobody's running away with the division. Right. And everybody's like, still got a sniff. Minnesota, for some reason, Minnesota won 13 last year and went to the playoffs. They are of the opinion that they're a contender. They're not a contender. I can tell you that. There's plenty of they're analytics not. that support it. But in their mind, I think they believe they can contend. And the worse the division is, no matter how bad their record is, the more they'll think they're, they're still in it. So if you're, I, you know what, let me ask you right now, who are you picking to win that game? Which we're, we're officially deeming Chargers Vikings this weekend is a loser leaves town match. Yeah. Who are you picking right now? You're not locked in, but who are you picking to win that game? Feels like the team that has the ball last loses. It really does. <laughs> right? <laughs> it really does. I don't know who I'm picking yet. I truly don't. I I don't trust the Chargers. 
and there's nothing about the Vikings that I trust. I I probably am picking the Vikings Whoa. because they're home. Right? Vikings are home for that game, correct? Your Vikings yes. are home, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably am picking the Vikings. God, that means the Chargers are 0-3 yeah. with losses to the Dolphins, which is respectable, the Titans, and the Vikings. Oof. The Vikings do have 10 days to get ready for this game. They played the Eagles on Thursday night. They have the advantage there. This is true. This is true. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Now, this morning... Our buddy Chris Canty laid out one 0-2 team that is primed to turn it around. It's a shame he's dead wrong. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Way laterals it back for alignment, and no, they're going to say he's short. The runner was now short of the line again. Therefore, we have a turnover on down. Will be Miami's ball on the road, prime time division opponent. Those are very, very valuable games. So I was happy for all the guys. Really, huge win for the Dolphins the other night, but also. The Patriots find themselves at 0-2, and this is not getting any easier if they fall to 0-3 and lose to the Jets this week. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win and keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The Patriots, should they go to 0-3, are not climbing their way back. I think right now at 0-2, I don't believe they're climbing their way back. I, I have thought since day one, because of how this schedule plays up, uh, plays out, Joe, that they are headed for a five- or six-win season at best. And I know how good this defense is, but that offense is not nearly, not nearly good enough to bring this group back and make them an actual contender for a playoff spot. 
No, especially considering the division they're in because all three of the other teams are probably better. You can make the case that the Jets with Zach Wilson are worse. Fine. That's going to be a tough game this weekend, right? Between those two, that is going to be a tough physical game defensively. Belichick probably has the edge because he owns Zach Wilson, but who knows if Mac Jones is going to be able to do anything against the Jets. You're 0-2. Offensively, you brought in Bill O'Brien to take over as coordinator. You were hoping to make some moves. You're averaging 18.5 points per game through two matchups. You played Philly. You played Miami. But those are two home games. You're already 0-2 having played two games at Gillette Stadium. You're going to go to the Jets this week. Let's say you get the win. Okay, you're 1-2. But then you're going to Dallas. You're probably 1-3. Then you host the Saints. That's winnable because they're not very good. And then it's the Raiders on the road, the Bills, the Dolphins, the suddenly feisty Commanders. Here and there, you've got spots, but I don't see anything on the schedule that would indicate they can put together a streak anywhere. Coming off their bye, they're at the Giants, host the Chargers, at the Steelers. Maybe something in there, but ultimately, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Patriots are heading for, I don't know, what's the ceiling right now? Eight and nine, maybe? I would say eight and nine feels like the ceiling for the Patriots because offensively, they just don't have the goods. I think eight is an exceptionally optimistic number. That means they go eight and eight and seven the rest of the way, which is me being very favorable to them. I mean, so you're counting them to beat the Jets twice. You're counting on them beating the Saints, the Raiders. So that's four. In the event that they reach their ceiling, I don't think they're hitting their ceiling. I'm yeah, saying I think getting, the ceiling is eight wins. Let's be clear, they're not getting to eight. They're not getting there. You got the Chargers at home. Maybe you can get that. You, you should be able to get that. Uh, if you can put it together for a defensive game plan against Herbert, the commanders at home. Eh, I, okay. I don't know. Winnable. Yeah. Winnable, but this is the point. And what happens if, if they don't turn this around, this Belichick thing is going to continue to heat up the, I fully 100% buy in to what Robert Kraft was talking about during the off season when he, absolutely made a point to go out of his way to say how important it is for the Patriots to be back in the playoffs and to be a team that is winning again. I, There's no doubt to me that Robert Kraft has been annoyed with Belichick since Brady left because he sided with Belichick, he let it happen, and Brady went off and won without him, and Belichick, as you said, is 25-27 and 27 since he left with one blowout playoff loss. So if you're Kraft, in this instance, you probably feel like you backed the wrong horse. That relationship has not been great for a while. It will not be a straight firing because that's awfully difficult to do. But they'll work something out, whether it's move upstairs, whether it's consult, whether it's do something else. Uh, As long as Belichick gets his money, they will figure something out there to where he is not running that team anymore. If you're Kraft, the way you would want to structure this is a complete teardown in the post-Belichick era. Complete teardown. You don't want to go into a situation where Belichick's out, but Mac Jones is staying for some reason. No. So, so the timing should be, this is year three of Mac Jones. You know, you're on the hook for year four and five because it's a first-round rookie contract that's fully guaranteed, but it's not like it costs a lot of money. Did they so pick it's up, not a big They didn't deal. pick up the option. No, they don't have to pick up the option until after this year. So oh, they yeah, could only be, be on the hook five. for year four. Yeah. There you go. You're exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. That's why you are the big brain to my big mouth. Nicely done right there. Thank you. 
So ultimately, that's what you'd want to be thinking about. Let's If we're going to do it, we're going to wipe everything out. And we're going to start fresh with a whole new group. We're going to bring in new, new front office people. Those front office people are going to work to find the coach. That group is going to work to find the quarterback. And from there, we're going to build the next era of Patriot football. You can't do it in pieces. You got to do it in one big shot and then build it all up. Let me ask you this. And think about what this says about this, where this organization used to be and where they are now. Do you have the schedule up in front of you? Uh, I do. Okay. Find me the Lockadini game for the Patriots. The one where you're like, yeah, the Patriots are absolutely winning that game. Colts at home. Colts. Okay. Sunday, November 12th, week 10, Colts at home, which, which means at home for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's the Lockadini. Do you have any others on there? They're going to at least split with the Jets. Okay, but none of them jump out. Like, remember, with Brady, we could look at the schedule and probably find eight games a year where they were like, they're going to beat the Jets, they're going to beat the Jets, they're going to beat the Dolphins, they'll beat the Dolphins, they'll beat the Bills at least once, they'll win this game. You could find games all over the place that were Lockadinis. This year, you've got one, the Colts, with their rookie quarterback who gets hurt in every single game. That's where the organization is right now. Yeah, And, and that says everything to me, even with the defense that they have. That's where they are right now. If we're ever being really 100% truthful about it, Belichick has never been good at the draft. He has never been good at the draft. That's always been a problem. And the Mac Jones thing is also part of the discussion with Kraft. As much as Kraft likes Mac Jones, he understands this guy's not that good. There was one famous move Belichick made in the draft uh, that I'll defend him on. But you're right. To your point, you're right. It's just a great story. I think a lot of people forget about this. The year they drafted Gronk, Gronk, remember, had back problems coming out of the University of Arizona. So he was not a first rounder. I believe he was a second rounder. The Ravens, a heated rival of the Patriots over the years, were also in the market for a tight end. How do I know this? Well, the Ravens also went out and drafted Ed Dixon out of Oregon and Dennis Pitta out of BYU that year. They drafted two tight ends. If my memory serves me correctly, and I go back, got to go back and look at this, I think the Ravens were about to come on the clock in the second round to take a tight end, and it could have been Gronk, and the Patriots at the last second traded up to get in front of them and took Gronk with that pick. I think that's how close we were to Rob Gronkowski being a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. That was one of the more savvy moves by Belichick and the Patriots. But outside of that, you're right. They have not drafted well. And when everyone points to Brady, it was the sixth round. Everyone had passed on him several times, including Belichick and the Patriots. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Week three starts in two days. There's one guy that we didn't think we were seeing anytime soon who we're going to see on Thursday night, potentially. That in just moments on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. The Giants have done it. It's their first comeback win of 21 or more points since 1949. Do not be fooled by what you saw in the second half. First half, they were terrible, and they're playing a team that looks like they're actively tanking for the number one overall pick. Are you serious, CC? You're going to sit here and celebrate that comeback? You're playing against Caleb Williams and eating this is week two. You had a season-saving second half in week numero dos. More alarming was being in the position to begin with and coming back to win. That was the bigger issue with the Giants against the Cardinals the other day. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM at Channel 80. Follow us both over on the gram, as they say. <laughs> At Jay Fortenbaugh, at that guy Carlin, to see all the doings about in our lives. Uh, Brian Dable, earlier today, unwilling to rule out Saquon Barkley, who suffered an ankle injury late in the win over the Cardinals the other day. They are playing in San Francisco on Thursday night. Here is the Giants head coach. Okay, I mean, safe to save you out on Thursday night. Uh, I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's he's a quick healer. Um, I'm not saying he's in. He's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him uh, to to Thursday. But he feels a lot better today. Um, I just I just talked to him, so we'll see we'll see where we're at. Here's what Jordan Ronan said just a little while ago via Twitter. Jordan, of course, covers the Giants for ESPN NFL Nation. Have heard this every time Saquon Barkley has hurt his ankle, that he's this magic healer. What's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, won't get fooled again. Uh, Barkley <laughs> is human. <laughs> he struggled each time he's come back too soon. Look. I, I, why would you play Saquon Barkley against the 49ers? Why would you do that? I think the Giants are well aware of the situation they're facing. It's Thursday night football, which tends to be the sloppiest of all the performances you can find, mainly because it's a quick turnaround. Guys are dinged up. Maybe you can catch the 49ers off guard in their home debut. The situation isn't good for Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver from San Francisco, who's having a big year already. Injured his shoulder in the last game, didn't practice on Monday. He might not be ready to go Thursday night, but I, I don't know what the Giants would be thinking. I really don't. I mean, if he's ready to go, then yeah. But it, the report after the game that he left was that he was going to be out for three weeks. So if he's suddenly ready to go, okay, fine, play him. I mean, their mindset is they're going to run him into the ground because they don't view him as a long-term member of their organization, right? Like, what's the use for them to to continue to, you know, rest Saquon, keep him healthy? What's the benefit to them? They, they're taking the approach the Raiders are taking with Josh Jacobs. We are going to run you into the ground until it no longer becomes cost-effective, and then we're moving on with the younger guy, and we're going to do the same thing to him. So if the Giants want to get him out there, I can understand why. It's because they don't envision him being a part of the organization three, four years from now. 
I, I just don't I don't think Saquon's going to be part of the organization next year, let alone three, four years from now. And uh, as much as they like him, ownership has a particular affinity for him, then, you know, that's fine. It doesn't really mean anything. It's all about actions, not words. And their actions were, we're not paying you this past offseason. So if you want to run him out there, if he wants to play, I get it. But this is what's more alarming to me. If you're Saquon, why would you do this? Like, why? What what point is there when you are trying to get the money and you're going to jeopardize putting yourself out there when you're not 100% to face one of the most physical defenses in the league, period, and you're going to put yourself uh, in a position where you're not running at your best either. So it's not just get hurt even worse. It's not performing at a high level. And you, in every way, you're putting yourself in a losing situation by playing. In every way. With all the support that came out for the running back position this past summer, given all the situations that didn't break for the players, the Josh Jacobs situation, the Saquon Barkley situation, Austin Eckler quite outspoken with the Chargers, Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, with all the support that people provided for those guys, if Saquon's three-week diagnosis turned into five weeks, turned into six weeks, there aren't going to be a lot of people feeling bad for the Giants. I think there'd be a lot of people that would look at it and be like, good, they didn't want to make a long-term commitment to you. They weren't willing to give you the money because of your injury problems. You know what you should do? Rest that injury until you are 100% so you can prove them wrong. They don't want to pay you because you always get hurt. You owe it to yourself to make sure you're 100% healthy. And you sit out those games and, you know, that's that. Tough spot for the Giants, but they did create a window where something like that could happen because they made it very clear Saquon Barkley was not good enough to be viewed as a long-term player for their organization. We love you, but we'll run you out there and take every last mile off you that we can, and we will then let you turn around and walk away. And if you want to go out there and try to play hurt and we feel like it's going to give us a better chance to win, okay, that's what we'll do. Boy. That's tough to take, and that's why Saquon's got to be the one making the call here. I'm sure he is, ultimately, but you get the point. Like, you don't need to be moving toward this. You don't need, if you're Barkley, to put yourself in this position. It just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and this is the other part for the Giants. Where is it headed for here, from here? Nowhere good. Like, tried to tell people at the beginning of the year, this is this is not a good football team. This is a team that benefited from, you know, one score wins last year against a bad schedule. And you saw the other day just how fortunate they were to come from behind and beat that team. They are not winning in San Francisco this week. They are not a playoff team. They are not. Are, do they look to you like they are? anywhere close after two weeks to what the Cowboys and the Eagles are. No, not, not at all. They, you can't even put them in the same, the same stratosphere. The, the commanders, the commanders look better than the Giants. The yeah. commanders look better. The commanders have you been know, Eric more Eric doing team. a hell of a job. <laughs> he is. Eric, Eric Bieniemy. I mean, all you need to do after two weeks is look at the commander offense and the Chiefs offense. Eric Bieniemy was with the Chiefs. He's no longer there. They don't look very good. You saw that against Jacksonville, who's not exactly a top-tier defense. Look at the commanders, offense, Sam Howell. 
Way better than people expected, especially on the road at Denver against the Broncos. That was a great performance. For the Giants, that win against Arizona, here's what you sum it, here's how you sum it up. You needed literally a historical performance in order to get past the worst team in the NFL. That's not a good thing. On top of that, you better be very concerned about whether or not you can keep Daniel Jones from getting hurt Thursday night against San Francisco because Nick Bose is coming. He's coming. And you didn't hold up well against Dallas, and this game's on the road on Thursday night. It's going to be just as bad as that Cowboys game was if you're not careful. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. Nick Bosa is going to want to rip their heads off. Yeah. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. And he's got the biceps to do it. Yes, he does. Let me see your biceps. You know, you're all right? You want a little piece? Do you, do you, do you lift? There's a little pop. What do you bench? I, I, I wouldn't know. I haven't done that in decades. Are you nuts? I'm bench. Who's benching? Yeah, certainly not me. You benching? No, we fit. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.